Welcome. This is season three of The Daily Market, where we've decided to do something a little special. Earlier this year, startup junkie and marketplace master Ty Wolf-Jones, hey Ty, approached me and pitched us the idea of instead of interviewing founders and marketers, why don't we dive into the world of marketplaces, the VH1 behind the music of marketplaces, or what is the making of the sausage of a marketplace? Ty could bring the operations point of view, and I could bring the marketing point of view, and we could make some marketplace magic, or maybe a little more like Marketplace Mayhem. So join us for the series where we've spoken to over a dozen marketplace leaders and pioneers from Uber, Convoy, Bellhop, DoorDash, Rover, but also some rising stars and marketplaces from multiple countries, venture capitalists, and more. You're not going to want to miss an episode. And now you're the GM of another startup called Abode. Yes, I feel like that end of bungalow was the beautiful culmination of where I am right now. I am now an nice. official general manager. So um, it is, it, it's an exciting, it's, it's truly an exciting time to be at this company. When I came to bungalow in March, I was employee 16. Wow. Um, and it was just me in the market. So I was responsible for strategy. I was responsible for the budget. I was responsible for hiring, uh, setting my unit goals. <laughs> The showroom, you know, where are we going to put these units? It, you don't realize how much goes into launching a market without an existing team mm. until you are the solitary person in the You're market the that's that doing do it. it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, we have, a, I have a sales manager and I have a fulfillment manager that's starting this week. Uh, wow. So sales and then being able to lead the customer to the, the end of the life cycle. So. Well, this is one of the things we like to talk about in Marketplace Mayhem is this idea of how do marketplaces actually get off the ground, right? It's the old, the chicken and the egg adage of supply versus demand. Which side do you look at? You've obviously gotten to see it from multiple sides. Now we're running a balanced market, you know, trying to balance the market as you're in your own market. How do you, you know... In your mind, if you were to coach a brand new marketplace about to get off the ground, startup founder saying, I'm just going to start this crazy marketplace, do you start with one or the other? How do you think about the chicken or the egg? What comes first? And, so and Alex, we, if you we, can define what a, a Bodu is, like just for the audience first. Sorry, right, yeah, sorry. I'll do a Bodu very quickly. Yeah, my apologies there. A Bodu is a backyard ADU company, so an accessory dwelling unit. Uh, our units are prefabricated in a factory. They come shipped on the back of a truck and we wow. crane them into your backyard hole. Our process takes anywhere from four to six months. Um, it is a white glove concierge service. So from the moment you sign your contract with us until the moment we hand over the keys, the only thing you're really responsible for is the payment schedule. We <laughs> handle permitting, we handle uh, materials, you know, we handle, you know, sending the order to the factory, but we're managing all of those relationships in between the GC, laying the foundation, the crane operator. We're handling all of those pain points so that the customer does not have to. And essentially, we're really only in their backyard for maybe a month. 
two wow. weeks for the foundation and then two weeks after install to make sure like finishes connect the utilities and kind of wrap wow. everything up for the final inspection so it is a really really exciting model and uh business model and the thing i love the most about abodu um before going into it because i looked into one of Odoo before i started working here wow, and i was like wow, oh cool. they don't they're not in seattle <laughs> and who would have known a year later i would have been the catalyst to, to bring it here but um destiny they're beautiful they are very intentionally designed um they're sustainable they they have really design quality behind each and every one of them it's not just you know it's not just one of these sheds that you can get in the backyard this is really this is a beautiful home and sorry ty the question was what are you using from working at companies that had marketplace dynamics to 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 build and and, and grow a bodu oh i no, i think it was uh what would you no what i didn't advice? The egg one. yeah oh okay with the supply and the demand i Got had it. something really good for that uh so i ha- obviously 100 percent have to pull uber eats out of this we had existing supply so right, right. that was something that we knew that we could pull from. However, do I believe that the existing supply was the, the first thing that came? No. You know, you can have supply anywhere, but if there is no demand, you're not selling anything, right? Right. So being able to target cities that we knew we'd have that demand in, young, working within our demographic, right? College age, people who are tech savvy, app savvy, um, large cities, those were really great sources of demand for us to one, not only just launch Uber Eats, but if we didn't have a rides presence there, crap, let's launch that there too. So, you know, that was really interesting how supply demand kind of helped guide supply and supply Mm -hmm, helped kind of, mm -hmm. you know, lead demand. Um, That's a very murky one, very ambiguous, but um I think in other roles, you know, Bungalow was very similar, right? Add to the portfolio, fill the portfolio with new customers, you know, sign new leases. The interesting thing about Avodu, right, is that supply doesn't need to happen until the demand signs what it needs to, mm. right? So it's not like we have an existing product that we need to move off of a shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we are building our, we're building our units to order. You know, we only have a studio, a one bedroom and a two. We do not deviate from the floor plan. We have a set lookbook of customizations in terms of exteriors, roofing, flooring, cabinetry, appliances, et cetera, lighting. But, um, this is what we do. This is our bread and butter. It's rapid, it's repetitive. And our factories have been doing this for so long that, you know, we become the masters at what we're doing. And that's what builds that speed in there as well. So for us, very fortunate of a business to uh, really just focus on the demand side of the business and then the supply will follow. And Jacob, what was your question? Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to tee up the next thing for, uh, for us. It was, you know, now that you, so that's awesome. And, 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 and this is what we're starting to learn. Like there is definitely a, a chicken or the egg problem. I, it's not a universal answer though, right? You, you figure out like what's working for, for your business model, where your efficiencies lie, and uh, we actually had had a guest who runs a, a startup studio here in Seattle, and talked about like finding that area that is the uh, the lowest cost, the lowest friction to to get in get in first. And we're definitely learning that through all of our marketplace masters on how they how they handle this kind of stuff. But it's cool that Aboto's using supply as a way to 
build efficiency into the supply chain, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, design and, 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 and point in that kind of like, Hey, this is what I want. This looks good. I want this in my yard, um, for any number of reasons. So how are you guys going about and starting to, uh, build up that customer base now that you're launched, you're the launcher, you're in Seattle. Um, how are you building that awareness? You know, we're very fortunate. We, if you Googled us, we were in Bloomberg. We've got a lot of, uh, publications that we're being featured in right now. This is the season of the ABU. Especially here in Seattle with certain ADU restriction changes that change in 2019. Um, from 2019 to 2020, permit issuance from Seattle alone went up for detached ADUs, which is our specialty, detached alone, not even just detached ones. Mm-hmm. Permitting went up 153% from the year before. And now currently where we are in 2021, well, actually months ago, we had already surpassed all permitting for 20, 2019. Wow. Um, this is the age of the ADU. Um, it's like a renaissance of ADUs. It is. It is. It, it's just exciting. And it really is just a great time to be here and be able to utilize that level of demand, right? So we have three demographics that we really kind of touch to. Primarily, it is age in place. We are on the cusp of what you know the, the world is starting to call the silver tsunami. Um, the boomer generation is now flooding healthcare. It's starting to begin to creep into all various industries and avenues, right? So all of these properties are going to soon either come on the market or, you know, they're going to transfer hands. But then what's going to happen to mom and dad, right? We're we're certainly, we're not comfortable throwing them in homes anymore, (laughs) you know? So where, what are we going to do? So the young family that could have never afforded a home, let's say in Ravenna, are now moving into the primary structure and mom and dad are moving into the backyard. It's bringing the family unit together. It's allowing, you know, grandma and grandpa to be a part of their grandchildren's life for everyone to come back together again. I kind of think the way the family used to be in the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. super, that's a really, really meaningful uh, value prop. Also, you know, cash, that extra source of revenue, right? Retail, mm-hmm. Airbnb. So I, uh, rental so long-term short-term rentals those are those are killing it um i was speaking to a customer the other day who was she asked me how is airbnb working for your customers you see a lot you know of people booking we have a customer down in san jose who uh rents out her airbnb and sometimes you know when we have customers that go down or sometimes when team members go down we reach out and say like hey do you have is is there is your vodou available tonight I was looking on it. Her Airbnb is booked until December every day. So when I, when I show this to, you know, prospective customers, I go, look, I mean, like, this is real. This is something that can happen. Uh, You know, alternative housing solutions are in high demand right now. So, uh, we don't have enough. We can't make more land, you know, houses are already so densely packed together where we live. It's time to start thinking creatively. And, and then lastly, the third, yeah. You know, the lastly, this is the this is the fun one for me. And I guess because we live in Seattle or our markets are like LA or the Bay Area, we have like this is my yoga studio, this is my Peloton studio, this is my <laughs> art studio, like the sports cave, you know, nice. the classroom for the children, you know, with everybody wow. being so wow. locked inside of the house, you know, it's a great way to start separating the family a little bit and give everybody that space back. So, um, yeah, I, 
it, they're interesting. They're in, interesting demographics to be reaching out to. Yeah, I, I actually have a friend who I helped him build his ADU. It, it's the attached one, and it was he bought a house in Kent. And then the whole bottom, there's a separate entrance to the bottom one, but it, it, there was not, no, the electrical, the plumbing wasn't there. And over nine months, he, he built it. I helped him with, with some drywalling and some other small things, but it really quickly rented out. And he's doing it. For, he's that second audience that, that rental income, real estate investment. Mm-hmm. Him and I were talking about that. The whole short term rental Airbnb thing is just, throw in the best wrench possible into the whole real estate investment mm-hmm. algorithm that exists, right? It's no longer just the audience of, you know, a renter or maybe you lived in, in there or your parent does. Like, how, how do you make money doing it? It's it's actually, it could be multipliers higher than just having a long-term rental renter. We have homeowners that are reaching out to us that say, I don't have a property yet, but we're looking to buy one and we would love to have one of these in the backyard. What are some of the parameters that we need to be looking into Mm. in order to pick the right property? Yeah, And that is an awesome feeling, right? That's a really cool opportunity to be able to consult a homeowner and one of the most major decisions of their life. Um, They're greatest asset really um so it, it, it that's exciting it, to be able to start getting calls and have conversations like that is is really cool and there are some competitors to bodu i so the question i wrote down with ty was what's what's the secret sauce what do you what do you think is particularly special and just to nail for the audience some other competitors so it's uh, i don't know if i'm pronouncing it right vive and then mighty buildings uh and then there's one that elon musk lives in he lives in one that's that's dropped in it has these concrete walls that just flip out so so uh, yeah you know have you seen that too yeah 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 Yeah. so what's the sauce for a bodu numero uno i i would say that you really just can't beat the aesthetic of our bodu right um they are beautiful that in the end of the day, they're they are beautiful. Nice. And yeah. there's a sexiness to them. The interiors are finished really, again, thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. You know, the Scandinavian, the minimalist design really enables the homeowner to be able to put their own spin and to really flesh out the space inside. And, you know, we don't sacrifice space. You have a full living area. You have a full bedroom that could fit a queen. You know, there's a bathroom. There's a kitchen, full-size appliances. This is not a tiny home. So, um, I mean, there are a lot of competitors out there that are building backyard ADUs. There are also a lot of GCs that are out there doing stick builds in your backyard. Uh, my general opinion of this, and this is just kind of me, it seems very like, like, you know, the, the houses you see at, you know, on the side of the road, right? As you're driving down the highway, they're, they're very cottage looking, very shed looking. And there are some really beautifully designed modern ones. There really are. But I believe that one, our product is, absolutely stunning Two, i think most people focus just on the physical product in and of itself but i would say another product that is equally as strong that truly diversifies us from the pack sets us in front is our bodu concierge our team are tactical our permitting team are mind-blowing um, they truly they've been able to build relationships with local jurisdictions local mm-hmm. offices um, I, I misspoke actually in terms of having units on a shelf to, uh, to move down in California. We have something called master file where we're able to work with local jurisdictions that keep our plans on hand. And w- some cases we can pull a permit in an hour, 24 hours. 
and then sell one of our existing units that's, you know, in factory. And then with a six week lead time, have the keys handed over to you in your backyard. It's, it's truly mind blowing. So, um, the power of our permitting team, I think is, is just, it's fantastic. Also, I think the fact that we are not making custom builds, we're not going back and forth with the customer. We're not going back and forth with architects and engineers that cuts down on the lead time drastically. Um, and for customers that come to us, I believe that they're coming to us for quality, beauty, and that time, right? We can mm-hmm. offer that time back to you and that ease. And then really managing that relationship with the factory, that's a whole other side, right? You don't want to be getting calls in the afternoon three or four times a day. What tile did you say? Is right. off-white the one that you're okay with? You know, <laughs> our concierge service really is just, it's best in class. The more I think about it, the more the standardization and the ability to do automation through what you all are doing, it's really, really smart. I mean, the permitting alone, I'm just thinking about the biggest sticking points when with my friend, we were, we were helping, I was helping him to build it, that the permitting was four months of the nine months was the back and forth of them coming and them going, nope, you need to put another layer of drywall here. Okay. We take two weeks to do it. Then they go, can I get a schedule? It's going to come out a week later. I mean, if your units are in some way pre-permitted or very high likelihood of being approved, that just streamlines that from it being two or three months to, to like you said, two days well, or maybe two weeks. I don't know. The, well, our three units, the Abodo Studio 1 and 2, have been our building permits have been pre-approved by the state of Washington, L&I. So wow. building permits are snap of a finger Uh, mostly it's just planning because sites are different each site is different so no two sites are the same but yeah we're very fortunate um it's it's really exciting to see how quickly sometimes we can get them some of the cities here uh we were able to get permits in mind-blowing times yeah which is wild and there's a housing shortage like a supply shortage do you think that's why cities can be city governments can be so intent on getting it done quickly for sure yeah oh my goodness yeah there was i think it's just the demand right uh mm-hmm. people are saying something's got to give there needs to be more regulation on this right now it's it it was borderline draconian in terms of the size and the regulations that they were putting on adus by oh, yeah. lowering some of those regulations but also you know allowing local jurisdictions to kind of put their flavor and spin on it you're able to meet both sides of the table in the negotiation. Obviously, there are a lot of homeowners that don't want to further, um, you know, make their neighborhood more dense, you know. Uh, but in the end of the day, I have this conversation with some people, not even just customers, right? When people, I'm outside at a bar or at a restaurant, people ask what I do. I say, would you rather that beautiful unit go into somebody's backyard or they tear down that gorgeous craftsman that was on the corner and they throw up a container apartment building that can now house 150 people. There goes your parking. Yep. It's just be reasonable here. And I think that we're still maintaining the neighborhoods. We're still maintaining that feel. But yep. we're also giving people an opportunity to choose what they want to do with their property now. So so, so what is the growth plan from here for Abodu? Onwards and upwards. onwards and upwards um obviously i think at this point right uh you want to lay down a solid foundation on all of your markets you want to grow you want to make sure that you know you're successfully tapping into your lead base 
You want to make sure that you're getting units on the ground, you know, and beyond growth becomes expansion. So, you know, it's looking to other cities, looking to other markets, looking to other code regulation and seeing how lax or how strict they are, seeing how easy it would be to kind of drop into some of these markets and begin to offer your product there. So I think right now we're focusing on really solidifying each market, setting down the foundation and really establishing ourselves as the front runner in what we're doing. And how does something like Obodu scale as a, as a company? Is it hiring more people to be able to have regional managers? And then you mentioned there's the, the operations, the customer success. Um, how, how, what does that look like? I think right now it's, it's, it's a very strong, it's a team event. I think everybody has to kind of put in for this one. Um, driving many, that demand. How many markets are you guys in now? We're in three. So we call it Pacific Northwest, NorCal, SoCal, but there's the Bay Area, and there's LA, and I'm up here in Seattle. Yeah, it's exciting. I think really flushing that out and flushing out that strategy and growing that is really just dependent on the demand, right? And how successful we can kind of can on can that sales process and getting people through the door and really touching to the points that they want to hear in order to be able to provide them the service that we need. Obviously, as that grows, you know, supply, uh, you know, supply will need to grow as well. So that's also something that you you need to focus on. But growth and that expansion comes with, you know, there's some tightness, there'll be some growing pains, but got to take them in stride. It's really early and an exciting journey, it seems like. It is. It's very early. Uh, you know, it. when I think back on it, I can't remember the actual number, but they said maybe like, a year ago, there was like half of the people that were a year ago, there was half the people that are working here now. Wow. It the growth that, uh, uh, you know, a uh, is kind of experiencing right now is, is it's incredible. It's super exciting. We just secured our series A funding that we announced. Congrats. So that thank you. Um, well, congrats to, uh, the team. They, they really have, they really stepped it up and. It's that's another aspect for me that I find to be the most exciting at work, working at Abodu is like the people I work with are just subject cool. matter experts. They're strong in what they do. They're ready to help. They're ready to help guide. And everyone's here for the same mission, right? We're all looking forward. So housing market's not surprising to me. Yeah. <laughs> all this stuff, it's it's addicting. Like I, I'm trying to do the real estate investing thing. I, I'm, I, I can't pull myself away from it. And it's so the whole ecosystem, it's, complex and there's a lot to talk about right and i imagine you work with a lot of people who are like you said smeezed within that for sure um i mean this is relatively a new market for me uh i kind of moved into housing when i started with bungalow but you know when i was at bungalow for the first year we were able to you know be visitors to the seattle housing conference flash forward to the next year where i was the speaker for alternative housing at the Seattle Housing Conference. So for me, it's just the market is it's ripe right now. It was very stale. Things have been done in a very old way. There are startups that are coming into the business now that are completely disrupting the way things are being done. And it's a really exciting time to, I think, be in real estate. And I guess kind of that quasi construction as well. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna take this conversation home. We we do something called rapid mayhem questions. So hit me, Alex. You're ready. You're ready. Yes. All right. 
So first question, what marketplace would you be? What marketplace would I be? Uh, I'd love to be Rover, but I'd most likely be TaskRabbit. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and why is that? Well, Rover, man, what a great, what a great marketplace. Puppies and dogs everywhere. It's mag- that's magical marketplace. Stuff. Yeah, that's feel good yeah. stuff. But uh, TaskRabbit, I would most likely be. I like working with my hands. I'm very, nice. uh, I'm very technical. I like that aspect of just hanging art on the walls or building wow. some furniture. I was always that kid that loved like the Lincoln logs and the connect sets and the Legos. So for me, most people look at a, you know, an Ikea box or the 30 boxes that and they're like, your dresser, right. and they look at it and they're like, Oh my God. And I sit down and I'm like, put some music on, maybe get some wine. And I'm like, yeah. here we go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love it. What's a marketplace you like that is not so popular or well-known? I, 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 we or Chow, bu- Chow Now, Chow Bus. Okay. We, what, for what, sure. Um, what is that? So we, so we is a food delivery service. Um, you deliver out though. It's not instant, but um, you can order through their platform. It's Asian and Latin American food. And they will, and not like meals, ingredients. So oh. really hard to find ingredients. Yeah, it's fantastic. Really hard to find ingredients, things that you would need. Uh, for me, I mostly order like all my hot pot ingredients from there. Just to, nice. like, have that delivered. They ice pack everything. It's it's when they drop it to your front door, it's cold. It's it's really nice. And then I believe it's Chalbus. Yeah, I think it's Chalbus. But that one is like Chalbus is food delivery like uber eats but it is very much in the niche of uh asian and kind of latin american food which is really cool because those restaurants can kind of get lost in the enterprise accounts that are so saturated in the bigger names so nice it's super local what what was the first one how do i look that app up it's we like W E Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. How many E's, Alex? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. But um, it's it's pretty cool. It I get notifications all the time. They run some really great coupons and sales, and it's just it's awesome. Cool. I'll check it out. So these are good answers so far. What's your favorite marketplace that failed? Oh, I think, man. Ooh, I think it was Homely. Excuse me. Uh, it was homely. I, they had cleaners that would oh. come and clean your home on demand. And I mean, obviously, TaskRabbit destroyed that. But um, I, I would say they offered, you know, their initial customers coupons on Groupon, mm-hmm. right? As opposed Tough. to offering it through the app. Tough. And Tough. you know that when you order a Groupon, like yep. you're never going back you expect to it that again. price yeah. yeah you know so i think that that was that was that was hard but outsourcing i know it sounds very first world but outsourcing is it's 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 a godsend especially for people who work in you know roles that are very time consuming or have families or you know mm-hmm. you never really know what people or have both. going on in their <laughs> life yeah yeah you know so you never really know what people have going on in their personal life so sure. you know i have a lot of people that are like instacart you instacart every week and i'm like yes yeah i'm like do you know how much time i have to cut chunk out of my day in order to like drive to the supermarket and then battle with everybody who's there in the aisles you know yeah especially during covid i I relied on those apps i relied on outsourcing apps just because i was one of those people that really went into lockdown and um yeah it just came in clutch 
Finally, what's a marketplace that doesn't exist yet, but totally should? I'll buy you some time. I thought I thought of one the other day, which is plant watering plants. So I guess you could oh. say it's it's a, a green thumb like Rover, but oh, yeah, oh my but God, f- that, that was a really great idea. That's a beautiful name. Because whenever you're on whenever you're on vacation <laughs> and if you're gone for over a week, you get stressed out about your plants. And the mm-hmm. longer you have the plants, it's like they're your children and they're growing, and you worry coming back and them being near parched dead, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a really great idea, actually, Dan. I'm just trying to think. You know, I, I think about my life and the things that I have to go out and do regularly, and I'm always like, "Oh, why?" And the shocking thing, really, is that if you look into it, everything has been done under the sun, right? <laughs> like the propane for my grill, I can like yeah, yeah. up an app, and somebody can deliver the propane. The CO2 cartridges for you know your soda stream, okay. you always forget them, and you're like. Oh man. And now they have like marketplace where you can get a subscription and they'll take your old canisters oh, wow. and send you two new ones that. in a box. And it's incredible. It's, yeah. it, it's absolutely wild. Yeah. I think Cookly, how about that? Not HelloFresh or anything like that. How about Cookly where somebody, you can hire someone to come and actually cook you a fresh meal Ooh, at home. On demand. Yeah. Private like chef it. on demand. I think that sounds pretty great. Because I'm, I'm thinking about what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? And I'm like, <laughs> sure could use Cookly right now. You I could like order it. the ingredients off of Wii. Then you got the <laughs> chef who comes in from from uh, from this. Boom, right? Yeah. It's the like inception exactly. of marketplaces. There you go. You have your options though, right? You can toggle between. I already right. have the ingredients. I don't have yeah, the right, right. Just toggle yeah. between it and there you go. Yeah. I like it. So last question, Alex, what do you think is the next big step change in marketplaces, if there is one? I think, I mean, we can see it growing, right? Marketplaces are, the thing that makes me very sad about marketplaces is they grow to kind of be a little impersonal and a little distant. I hope that, you know, post in a post-COVID world or even just in a future world, and I hope a lot of industries take note to the, of this. Like you cannot lose your humanity and you cannot lose that ability to truly connect to your customer. Because if you're not talking to your customer and I mean, I truly interacting with them, you're not going to be able to design for them. You're not going to be able to use that qualitative data that really is also actionable. Right. So I, my, I hope the next step change happens when we kind of make that turn back to what does the customer want? <laughs> no, generating revenue is great, and I understand that. That's you know, that's it. That's what keeps you know companies alive. But when you look at all of the companies that succeeded during COVID, the ones that thrived are the ones that put people first. Yeah, yeah. They point. put their employees first. They put their customers right, first. Right. Even at the risk of losing revenue, and yep. what that did was create customer bases that just thrive because die hard. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you'll stand out in the business. You stand out in the industry. They're like, oh, yeah. holy crap. Like somebody actually cares about yeah. people. We, we can't completely just shut ourselves off from this. Yeah. So I think that that was the most shocking thing to me. And I hope is the next step change because we yeah. saw it during COVID. The ones that turned toward their customer and their community were the ones that were able to flourish in the best way possible. Like Airbnb. I mean, use them for an mm-hmm. example, right? Yeah. Airbnb was poised for destruction during COVID, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Nobody's yep. going on vacation. Nobody's flying. 
How are they sanitizing these homes? Right. Airbnb started, yes, we understand your fears, but if you travel, we also offer these incredible things called experiences. Mm -hmm. And once the experiences came as their product, that was the thing that kept them. That was the thing that kept them flying. Again, incorporate people into this. Incorporate that human connection into what you're doing. It, It does wonders. A lot of people don't see it, but it really does wonders when you just give a customer a couple minutes of your time. Amen. Yeah, I think tech startups need <laughs> need, need this reminder, Alex. Yeah, I, I, so, yeah I, I appreciate you seeing that. Less I'll, of the drip calm and more of the just yes. like, hey, how's it going? Real calm. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Looking you in the eye. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's was This was really fun. Uh, hey, where can we find you and where can we find Abodu? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I know there are no Alex Rodriguez's on there, so I should be very <laughs> easy to find. But, I've um, never heard that I name am, before. Yeah, <laughs> I am on LinkedIn, and you can find Abodu at uh, www.abodu.com, and that's A-B-O-D-U. Uh, we're also on Instagram, my Abodu, and we're also on LinkedIn. Um, check, definitely check out our Instagram. Uh, there is some really fun content on there. Our marketing team is starting to shoot out some really fun branding. So love it. Badass. Yeah. Alex, hey, it was great to talk to you again, Alex. It's been a while. Great, talking great to, to chat you, with you. Nice yeah, to see you absolutely. again. And nice to meet you, uh, Jacob. This was great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Marketplaces. Right. right? Marketplace mayhem. <laughs> More nerding to awesome. come. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks again, man. All right. Thanks, See you, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye. What a phenomenal episode, huh, Ty? Yeah, that was great. And we really hope that you got as much out of it, listening to it, as we did making it. Thank you for listening in. Yes, I second that. Thank you. And don't forget, you can like and subscribe if you wish. We'd rather hear of your thoughts. So tell us what you think of the episode and leave a review, please. Mayhem on, Ty. Yeah, mayhem on, Jacob.